The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. It's pretty interesting. All week, I kept downloading all these different ideas, downloading, basically channeling in ideas of what to talk about. And this morning, it got all changed up. And it feels like today we should be addressing the keepers of the memory. Who are? What is? Where in, inside us? Where do we hold memories? It's, it's such an, an astounding concept because when you channel for somebody, they have recall of what happened in the physical life when they were here. They also have recall and will tell you what's been going on for you since they went out of body. That proves to you that they're with us and they're cognizant and they know what's going on for us. And of course, the connection is love. It's always love and the desire their hearts to be with us and to help heal us and help them heal also. But when you think about it, they left their physical brain behind. The physical brain is a wonderful computer, of course, and it's so interesting. I've channeled in several times. A beautiful phrase has been repeated and bandied about, I think, therefore I am. Well, it's great to have the thinker. It's a wonderful thing to have the thinker. It's a wonderful computer. It categorizes for us. It lets us know what's going on. It helps us with the fight or flight and so many things that we need to be aware of on the physical plane, and it keeps us safe. And of course, the ego jumps in and wants to take care of us. It's pretty complicated what the mind wants to do. You ever notice when that instinct comes up and you just have a feeling, that knowingness, is that from the brain? Is it from a memory? Sometimes I, I love the idea of remembering the future. Sometimes you just have some kind of inkling about something. Is it the physical brain? Well, that's what I think we're going to talk about today, and that's what's coming in. When my mother was ready to pass, she was in a, a you know, not totally comatose state, but um, it's amazing how long somebody could last without... You know, it, it, she's laughing. She's laughing. She's out of body now. She says she, she stayed well beyond her expiration date. But, you know, 
a teacher till the end in terms of, and of course, the new beginning. A friend came, and the friend, my mother had trouble pronouncing her name when, when she was cognizant, and then my mother had dementia for many years. And her eyes were closed, and it looked like she was pretty out, and she's getting ready to go. And my friend tucks the, the corner of the blanket around her. And my mother, with her eyes closed, said, thank you, and then repeated her rather complicated name that she never got right before. And we were amazed by that. I realized that as we get ready to transition, or also if we have something going on for us, a trauma, or sometimes even in the dream state, we go into the soul's memory. The soul is what remembers. As my mother was getting ready to go out of body and the organs were shutting down, we knew that there was not enough oxygen getting to the brain and even if she opened her eyes, she, it looked like she didn't really know too much of what was going on in the very last day or so. But I realized she's fully conscious. If you're with somebody who's getting ready to go, and even if they're in a coma and it feels like the brain is shut down, if you sing, if you talk, if you just send something mentally without being there in the physical, they will respond and their soul will hear and their soul will know. And of course, once somebody transitions, they get every word that you put out there. Is it because they have their physical brain with them? Of course not, because the soul remembers. What I've learned from channeling is that consciousness, consciousness itself is so much more expanded than even the mind can comprehend. Now that's a very strange idea because we often think that our mind is what contains our consciousness. In the course of channeling, I've learned that the mind, the heart, the gut, they all spin at, at a vibration and, and depending on what's going on with us, what we're thinking, what's happening in our lives, that vibration can fluctuate. And it's always very nice to integrate and align those vibrations and have a sense of balance. But the mind just naturally has a less high vibrational state normally, of course it fluctuates, than the gut and the heart. And Really, are they separate? No, they're not. These are just concepts that, think about it, the mind likes to categorize. So even this, even what I'm saying right now, is that the mind trying to categorize? Don't forget about the platypus. People like to categorize, and I think there are so many lovely and mischievous things out there to point out that, you know what, no matter what the mind wants to do, it's beyond that. It's beyond categorization. Let's talk about when somebody is in a coma, if somebody is unconscious. People who wake up from this state often report that they hear every word that was said to them. People who end up passing from that state channel in and report that they heard every word that was spoken to them. Consciousness is broader than what our senses can comprehend. And when we remember that, we realize not only that there isn't a memory wasted, but also that our consciousness can go well beyond what we think in our minds we can do. And of course, we like to rely on, well, these days texting and of course phone. There are so many ways to reach people. But how many times have you gone to the phone and it rings and it's that person? How many times are you thinking of them and they text? Did your consciousness reach out? Did they hear you? Did you hear them? 
consciousness is very much expanded beyond the brain's capacity. Does it have to do with smart? It, smart's wonderful. Smart is a brilliant thing, and when you think of what we, what smart is, is it the downloading of information and being able to memorize it? Is smart the idea that we can play an instrument, that we can dance, that we can, there are so many ways we can be smart. How are we feeling that? Sometimes when you're in the zone, that amazing feeling that lets the mind go, it feels like you're downloading or expanding or feeling or intuition, whatever words you like to use. Stop and take a deep breath. Remember what that feels like beyond the mind. It's so very interesting because we're often told a nice trick to meditating is that spot, that sweet spot between the thoughts. Our thoughts are valuable and they like to take us in the right direction. And just take a breath and let the shoulders relax. Let the mind relax. Think of all the headaches we worry about, hopefully not physically. But there are so many things for us to think about, categorize, take care of, and then let it go. Just for now, just while you're sitting here, feel yourself rooted to the earth plane. Feel yourself expanded. Ah, there's a kitty right here. I don't know if you can hear it, but animals love this. When you're doing this, if you have animals in the house, they will gather. If you have animals who have passed, they still will gather, and maybe you'll feel them. An interesting thought, most of the time I realize that the channeling itself is a distraction for the energetic channeling. And it feels as if, while we're <laughs> laughingly thinking about this, it drops down into a deeper state. Take a breath and notice the energy of your heart. Ah. Take a breath and notice the energy of your gut and let your mind relax. Do you know that when people are in a coma, they can be channeled? You can perceive what it is they're waiting for, thinking who they'd like to have come before they leave their body, if that's their plan. Very often, if somebody is in a comatose state, the soul is working very hard and usually with the doctors and with the tests and with the evaluations and they will channel while they're still here in their body what they're, what they're looking for inside themselves. There was one woman who decided if the speech center was knocked out it would be too frustrating for her so she asked her family to forgive her because she would rather not stay considering she also would have lost some of her physical, physical abilities. But it's such an amazing thing, that cognizance, when it looks to us that the brain is shut down, the soul is maneuvering and expanding and wanting to figure out what's going on. Dementia. We're living longer now, and isn't that a wonderful thing? And we can have transplants and new hips and all kinds of things. Well, we can't transplant the brain. However, when we do understand that the brain itself is not the keeper of the memories, when somebody we love is facing this kind of challenge, we can relax inside knowing that their soul will never lose that scrapbook, that beautiful book inside them, the pictures, the things that went by that maybe they remember about us when we were tiny and, and we don't, where does it go? Does it go with them? Yes, it goes with them. It goes with them in, in a very conscious manner. 
into the vibrational state, that's a higher vibration than ours, and everything is recalled, and especially when having that life review, we realize that we have access to all. And if we need healing, if there was something where we had a hard time with maybe a parent or somebody else, we actually will have the ability to look at some of their life review in regards to us so that we can better understand maybe what they were taught, what came in for them. So consciousness goes well beyond our own memories when we're in our body. When we go out of body, to be quite honest, memory is often restored as opposed to lost. Imagine the peacefulness. Imagine, oh, I have a little gathering of kids who are coming around and talking about how what their favorite birthday gift was, what their favorite holiday gift was. They often suggest to the parents, since so much of our physical grief, of course, it's missing the physicality of the person, but where does that love go? What, what can we do for them? Very often kids will suggest getting something that you know that they would love and be so excited about, and they would have, they have access to it out there. They have access to anything they'd like, but to donate it or find a kid or maybe you know a kid who might like it. They enjoy this. They're present, and yet their knowingness, their memory of their favorite gifts and bringing it into the present paying it forward, so to speak, gifting it forward, makes them so happy. It brings them incredible joy. And of course, it brings us joy if we're in a position to do this, because that alignment of the intention of gifting someone we love, and then gifting someone on the physical plane with that gift, our loved one out of body has the joy of the recipient's happiness and the connectiveness with you and knowing, knowing that you're aligning with them and with that sweet memory they had and how they would update it now. What, what, what do you think they'd like now? You see, the cognizance is very broad and our conversations with them can continue in a very expansive manner and in ways that we, we often were unable to have that communication with that person while they were here. One thing that comes up, my goodness, it's such a pattern that comes up, maybe a parent or somebody you know, goes out of body that might have been taught to be more contained and not to share their emotion. And they're, they're so horrified at the life review. Their intention was good. Oh, but why didn't I hug them? And why didn't I say? And why didn't I? And it seems to me that the kinder the person is, the harder they are on themselves at what they did not do. And it's never too late to do those things. But isn't it a magnificent thing that they have access to the thoughts? They have access to what they when they they did. So when they come into channel, here's what happens. And it's rather funny, and it takes a while sometimes for the recipient of the messages to understand what's going on. But the person will come in and start talking about how they were when they were in body. Maybe they were stubborn and they sure didn't believe in this stuff. And oh my goodness, if, if you ever told me you were going to a person like this to hear about out-of-body, well, you know, they'll say dead people, but we don't use that term because really there's no such thing. It's a vibrational fluctuation. But they'll laugh and joke about how they would have reacted the way you knew them then, before they went out of body. And the person will crack up and go, well, yeah, that's them all over. 
And then they say, well, you're going to hear a lot of things that you would not have expected to hear from me because I've had the life review. And while I thought it was a whole bunch of hooey, they're replacing the word that might have come out, um, well, now they're out there, they see it, they know it, they have access to us. But they're laughing out there and they're saying, not only do they have access to us, they have access to themselves. So while people who honor the brain, as it should be honored for the beautiful tool that it is, they will think, oh, when the brain is gone, we're gone, but oh no. If anything, we're broadened. And isn't it an amazing thing that we're given this magnificent brain while we're on the earth plane to decipher what we need in the vibrational plane that we're living in? Think about it for a moment. We are spiritual beings. I'm sure you've all heard this before. Spiritual beings living in the physical body and having a physical experience. So we lower our vibration to accommodate the body. When we sleep, our vibration just dashes and expands, and sometimes we can have dreams and Freudian things like that, and other times we travel. The brain needs to rest because it's an organ. The brain needs to replenish also because it's an organ, and it's very much affected by the fluctuations in our diet, our moods, so many things that are going on in our bodies. It affects how the brain is working. And then, of course, it leads us to the many manifestations of mental illness. What happens when the brain is hearing, seeing, and downloading all kinds of things going on? Well, we have to discern, is that a brain malfunction, or is that how somebody would evaluate it? Or is it unfiltered, picking up, downloading, or channeling, whatever it is you'd like to call it? The brain, again, is an organ. It needs to be examined. You know the old saying, you ought to have your head examined. Well, how do we really examine our heads by ourselves? Very often, people will come in who are now out of body and examining the life review, and they'll talk about the fluctuations that happened for their brain in their formative years, very often from the patterning that came in. We're spiritual beings, like we said, coming into the physical plane. And we're accommodating and adjusting to that physical plane. But you ever notice how babies love to look above your head? They're still communicating with the entities and the loved ones that they were communicating with and that they were with, literally with, before they came into the physical plane. Their vibration is high. But they're learning so much. They're learning words and faces and cues and how to get their needs met. That's quite a distraction, and it's a lot of work for the brain. Sometimes the brain is hoodwinked into believing that it's running the show. That's when we tend to start to go towards not being at ease, which of course can lead to dis-ease. Well, we have this magnificent antenna system, the instinct. We'll get a feeling We'll get a wave. We'll feel, oh, I really should go to the doctor. That doesn't quite feel right. The same way, oh, I know who's going to call. I'm thinking of so-and-so, and then they call. Our intuition can tell us so many things about our own physical body. Then we have to translate it through the brain. How many times does the brain say, oh, you know, let it go, whatever. The brain likes to dismiss because the brain is so protective of us. Don't forget that brain is to help align us to taking care of our needs. 
getting the responses we need as a child, having that give and take, smiling and getting the smile back. Our instincts take us on this journey and the brain starts relying on how we get our feedback. For people who are dealing with loved ones who are helping to bring them up or maybe not as well as, as we would like, if they have some toxicity and they're not fully present or if they're unfortunately wired in a certain way that they're not present, it's very hard for a child to smile and give the gift, a flower, a drawing, a dance, and not have the reciprocity that's appropriate. And the mind is confused. The gut is confused. And we might be thrown off our gut instinct. And the mind starts to manipulate how best, how best to elicit the sweetness, the kindness from the older folks that are around us. We could be tiny little beings. And we know how to love, we know how to reach out. But we're already being conditioned by those who are bringing us up. Well, we have to do this a certain way. We have to go and, and go around the corner, so to speak, and, and come in kind of sideways because they're not really giving us the, the reciprocity, the reflection of what our gut is looking to solicit from them. And it really can, again, throw us off balance. The mind will start to take over and figure out what to do. And, you know, how many, especially, oh my goodness, in times of war, in times of depression, people are taught to become little soldiers, little, little, whatever they have to be to take care of everybody, to harden up, so to speak, to accommodate. If there's been a family where there's been a tragedy where a sibling or even a grandparent or a parent, when, when there's a loss, a child will start to navigate and they need so much support and they need to talk about them and they need to emote and they start taking cues from those older in the family whether they're spoken or not and the child will think, well, I better not bring it up. Their mind will start to take over and push aside the gut instinct. If there's a whole life of pushing aside that gut instinct, even with people who live well in terms of loving well. I don't know if the mic is picking it up, but the kitty is meowing like crazy. They love this stuff. They, they feel the vibration and they love that stuff. And it's a reminder that don't worry about if you weren't present and somebody said something to you and you weren't available. We're talking about healing here. And the cat's reminding us to be in the moment and hear and to be in the moment and know that we can heal. If somebody and somebody we love who is going into dementia or has passed having dementia, it has been channeled in many, many times that it's a sacred decision. It's a collaboration with divine consciousness to let the part of the mind go so that the soul can drop down into the heart of the instinct and feel sometimes people have been building those walls from the time they're three, four years old because of whatever trauma is around them. And is the instinct still there? Of course it is. 
But what's the intention? The intention is to fit in, get the needs met, and not just the physical needs, but the need for love to fit in. Oh, I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't ask that. And so much of the suppression is happening with that emotional state, and the mind is doing the suppressing. So if we agree, if a person agrees on a soul level, to allow the mind to let go to a certain extent, it looks as if people are losing their memories. Oh, no, but they're not. My mother had dementia before she passed, and it was really tough. She remembered my name once in, in the few years before she went, and it was so sad because she came up to me, and she asked me where I was. Do you know where Marilyn is? And I thought, my God, she knows my name, but <laughs> she didn't know it was me. The soul does. What I realized, and this was channeled in, I don't believe this was my wisdom, but when she was very frustrated trying to recall something, I channeled in, you know, your soul remembers everything. Everything is in there. It just fell off the shelf. The problem you're having is a retrieval problem. It isn't a problem of it not being there. One young man that I channeled for early on, many years ago, he was pretty young, and he went through like a, 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 a very tough mental state, and he ended up taking himself out of body. And the first thing he said to his mother was, I, I didn't plan on doing this. I didn't want to be doing this. And it, uh, it was taught to me. They helped me out here to realize that the brain can have a dysfunction just like anything else. And I had a brain attack in the same way that somebody could have a heart attack. And that is of utmost importance to understand. Sometimes the organ, the brain is misfiring. And the soul is not agreeing with this and not wanting this to be, and sometimes we can get through it, and sometimes there are different consequences. The thing is that the soul is always intact. If, if somebody has a heart incident and leaves the body, they still love everybody, even though they had a heart incident. If somebody passes and the brain itself is no longer functional, of course, they still know, they still remember, because that's not what holds it. It's kind of fun and very expansive while I'm doing this. When I channel for an individual or for a family, their loved ones are coming in, and often higher-ups and guides and things like that. Spontaneously, people are coming in. Guides like to come in and guide us. That's why they're called guides. It's pretty wonderful. Well, when I'm doing this, because it's group speak in a way, my out-of-body loved ones are here, of course, and there are guides coming in. But also, at the same time, kids are coming in, different folks are coming in and saying, tell this story, mention this, because my person will resonate with it. And it also makes me think about time. Isn't time such an interesting concept? Time, space, there's so, so much expansion there. Just yesterday, like I said, I was downloading what today's topic would be. And about five minutes before we started, they said, nope, let's talk about the soul and memory. And also heart and memory. The heart remembers. Think about that. If the love continues, the memories do too. All of it does. Because the soul carries it all.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My dad had dementia before he passed. Yep, yep, both parents. Believe me, the kids are worried. But my father had dementia. I shouldn't laugh, but um, my father had dementia. He passed in 1988, and he had dementia for several years. And one of the most heartbreaking memories was being um, after MRIs and scans and all of this. He had um, type 2 diabetes that remained unchecked. He would cheat a lot and all of that stuff. And his circulation was bad for many years. And we actually looked at the brain scan and they showed where the brain literally had deteriorated. And the doctor said something about Swiss cheese. And I, I what a pang to the heart. That's my dad. Are you kidding? He's smart and he's wonderful. And, you know, and so um, that continued, and it was getting pretty bad, and he didn't know who any of us were, and the paranoia was pretty expanded. I, I would visit him. He was in the hospital, and he was having vein bypasses and trying to save the leg, again, a lot of the diabetic things. And um, usually I brought the kids with, and he didn't know who they were, but soul-wise he didn't. He'd have a blast with them. This time I went by myself, and he was sleeping. And he woke up, and I was amazed and so honored and grateful that I was there to witness this, he woke up and he looked at me and he was completely cognizant. Now, over a couple of years before, I had literally seen images of his brain. I knew that this was not (laughs) possible using just the brain. And he said that, you know, somebody else might say this is a dream. I, I know better than that. And of course we do dream. But my father said, he was, he was glowing. He was so excited and happy. And he said, I was just with everybody. All my people were there. My father was there. My brother was there. And he said, I, I, I knew so many of them. There were some that I didn't even know. Some of the older ones, I didn't even know them. And they were all so excited to see me. And you know who was there too? Murray was there. Murray was there, and we both wanted to stay, and we wanted to sit down and, and, and stay. And they said, no, you can't stay here now. You can't stay here now. But don't worry, you'll be back here soon. And he said, and then, and then here I am, and, and he's telling me this. Well, one, one amazing part of this story is that um, when I went to, back to my mom's place to pick up the kids, I told her about this, and when my father mentioned Murray, I have an uncle Murray, his sister's husband, and also a distant cousin Murray. Cousin Murray, I think we saw twice at, at family events. And I said, Uncle Murray? No, 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 like I, was the, like I was crazy. No, not Uncle Murray, Cousin Murray. Cousin Murray? And I asked him a few times, very clear, his words, his grammar, everything was clear as could be. An amazing thing, when I went back and I told my mom this, she looked up, you know, Cousin Murray, and and we hadn't been in touch with him for years, and called. And his wife said he was in a coma. Both of them passed, oh, within, within days, my father and Cousin Murray. 
it's really interesting when you think about how he had availability to the spiritual plane with a brain that doctors would say would not be cognizant enough. Now, I would understand if you were able to download it on a soul level. But what's really magnificent here, and what we're thinking about, other than the fact that he was communing with this Murray and all of it panned out, and all of it is real, of course. But the thing is, with a brain that was so impaired, he was cognizant, he was talking, he was excited emotionally, but one word followed the other in a manner that he had not done literally in years. And of course, out of body now, he's cognizant and able to communicate. How many of us have had experiences or heard of them where somebody is in a coma or it looks like they're really out of it and, and ready to go out and all of a sudden there's recognition. All of a sudden they squeeze your hand. They're there. If somebody feels as if they don't have access to the love they shared with you, to the memories of holding you and throwing you up in the air and catching you. Even if they don't have memories of some of the harder things, maybe when, when you weren't taken care of properly, or maybe you feel like you were overlooked. All of these things, we have the ability, of course, to look into ourselves and do the work on ourselves of releasing it and not carrying it. We have the ability to do that, but you see, the soul and the mind really are able to communicate with each other when the mind wants to acquiesce and be at the service of the soul. Now, are there some times when the mind should take over? Absolutely, that's what it's there for. When the body is picking up like an antenna, something doesn't feel right. We don't know what that might be. Something doesn't feel right. How many times does somebody have an incident? Oh, I had a feeling I should have gone to the doctor. Or I felt I didn't have any, but I, oh. Sometimes there's a knowingness. Sometimes the brain disregards that knowingness. Sometimes the brain listens. So we don't want to dishonor the brain and say that it's doing us a disservice because, well, you see, that's the whole point of the brain. It is for service, to help us discriminate what's going on and fight or flight, all the information that's coming in at us, all that's coming in heart-wise. We could feel such tremendous love. Oh, but is this person safe for us to be with? Oh, do I have a strange feeling? Oh, do I... The mind is there to intercede and interrupt and take us wherever we need to go to feel safe. But then you start thinking about the conditioning. Let's go back to the concept of when we were young and we're listening to how people are responding to us. And those people, those grown-ups, they have their own thing going on and maybe they have an awareness, maybe they're conscious, maybe not so much. So we start learning how to, and I'm going to use this word in a good way, manipulate not only so that we can have our needs met, but also to make people happy and to be pleasing and to get that smile. And does it mean we're manipulative people? No, it means we're being pretty smart around people who might not be open to all the feels, to the emotional state, 
And they might be distracted. Why are they distracted? Oh my, how many times do we see families and people are on the phone? You know, and you just want to say, listen to your kid or talk. You know, and, and again, there are times we all we all do these things. But the distraction, the brain can be there to help and be a complement to the gut instinct, to lead us in the right direction. If you have a hunch, listen to it. If you get a feeling, why don't I call so-and-so and just tell them I love them or just say, oh, you know, whatever foolishness happened. Listen to your heart. Let your mind agree. Now, the ego likes to protect us. Why does the ego protect us? Because it doesn't want us to be hurt. So the ego kind of pet it like a dog. Good, sweet ego. Thank you. Thank you for being here and wanting to protect me. Now sit and stay because I think the ego can handle it because if I put some love out there and I might be afraid of rejection. How are we ever going to have that domino effect of love if everybody is afraid to start? So bypass the brain or better yet, you know, bypassing the brain is what happens when the brain is no longer functioning. The examples I was talking about with my parents and when the brain is still functioning rather than bypassing the brain, allow it to help you really think through is this going to serve or serve all? Or serve me? If I'm thinking about this and I hold myself back. Love really doesn't need to have a barrier. When we realize that we're all connected, and we are, take a deep breath, and realize that there are a whole bunch of words coming in, we're channeling words and we're channeling in concepts, but what's happening energy-wise is you're surrounded by your loved ones right here, right now. Because you're doing this, you're engaging. If you don't want to do it, tell them you don't. Why don't we do the protection? We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom, the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. Our intention is aligned. If we're thinking some thoughts and even, you know, it's very interesting, if we stop and think about it, it would not be surprising to think that most of our negative thoughts, well, for a lot of us, are directed towards ourselves rather than towards others. And I can tell you from the souls that are out there communicating in, they're pretty upset with themselves when they feel they weren't up to whatever it is they felt that they should have been doing. But of course, we have to remember while we're in body, we're tired, we're shy, we're scared. Sometimes we're just scared. And sometimes the mind can't take us where we want the heart and the gut to go. Take a deep breath. Forgive this. Forgive this in yourself. Forgive it in others. You see, it feels like so many of us are doing what we need to do here to let go of the mind's Preconceived ideas that we picked up when we didn't have another way, the conditioning. It seems that there's a lot of mental illness happening, and of course there always was. But we have a pandemic and some pretty frightening things, climate, things going on in the world where people are worried. Young people are worried, and we're scared. They're scared, we're scared, we're all. And so we have to take into account that we have been given this beautiful system 
<laughs> that will jump. You know, if a lion is chasing us, we're supposed to jump and run. We're not supposed to think about, hey, gee, is that lion going to be friendly? You know what? We, we're instilled with this instinct. We don't want to chase it away. We don't want to push the mind away. But we want the mind to serve us in the highest fashion. And it seems that a lot of people's progress now is doing that, coming to that place where they want their heart and soul to resonate and they're inviting the mind to help do that. They're inviting out-of-body loved ones to help do that. And we have the ability to do that. And as we do that, we're doing the work that we would do after we pass with the life review. When people ask if there's hell out there, I've seen nothing that would sound like what people talk about when they use that word, but I've heard out-of-body souls say, oh yes, hell is when you look at a life review and you meant well and you see that somebody is just so hurt and you didn't, well, okay, that's hell, but you know what? You can still fix that. They're trying to. They're loving us and wanting us to let go of, a, of, of all of that pain. The mind holds on to pain, and of course, we need to set up boundaries if people aren't treating us well. We need to go, Maya Angelou, when love is no longer being served, it's time to leave the table. Of course we need to take care of ourselves. But sometimes there's a blind obstinance that we might be faced with in a grown-up that we're growing up with who doesn't even know. Very often, people realize once they passed that they withheld so much, but were they willingly withholding? Oh, no, they weren't. They were taught. They were taught. And they thought they were doing well by the people they were teaching. They thought that they were, their intention was so that they would have a good life, a safe life. They were being taught. And once they're out of body, they realize the limitation of that. And they don't want us to live in that limitation. They want us to let go of that limitation because they're letting go of that limitation. And if we let go of all of those limitations, there'll be no need for us to even dabble with the idea of allowing the brain to lose its cognizant ability because we're integrating the soul with the brain's knowingness and so we won't need to have the brain take away some of our cognizant ability so that our soul can stretch and our heart can feel because we don't want the brain to be limiting us. Take a breath. You're doing this right now. Your loved ones are surrounding you. And I've learned that while we're channeling, it's a vibration, it's an expansiveness, and it's happening in the now. I'm speaking to you, you're listening to this later, but when you're listening to it in your moment now, we're sharing that now, your loved ones are with you now. And you can let it go. And take a deep breath and value the mind and value that it can categorize and bring you to the memories that you want it to bring you to so that your heart can feel the joy. But your mind is at the service of the heart and in collaborations with the loved ones who are with you and with those who guide you. 
They want you to let go of anything that's holding you back and not allowing the heart full communion. You see, when somebody goes out of body and they learn and understand, they don't want to hold on to the dysfunction that you identify with them in their living in body years. They're looking to let it go. And we can honor them even as we know it went down and we're not in denial. We can honor them by not taking on the pattern ourselves, by allowing ourselves to understand even if there's hurt. We can allow ourselves and honor the loved one and not the dysfunction. And that will be our next topic. Until next time, remember, those who have passed are present and they're healing with you, loving you. Bye-bye. Thank you for sharing this energy and space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.